Okay, I'm here at uh, Casual Connect in Seattle, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, it's Brenda Bailey Gershkovich, CEO of Silicon Sisters. We're a studio out of Vancouver that builds games for women and girls, primarily by women and girls. And what, what types of games have you made? Uh, so we have two products at market so far. Um, our first game is called School 26. It came out at the end of April. And it's uh, iOS, Android, and it's also coming out PC and Mac. And so far in English, and also we're localizing it into Japanese. And yesterday, we had our second game come out, which is School 26 Summer of Secrets. And that is an iOS game, and if it does well on that platform, we'll bring it over Android, PC, Mac as well. And um, you know, how do you like mobile game development? What have been some of the surprises as you've released for mobile? Uh, it seems different that you're also going to target PC and stuff like that, whereas a lot of companies are just seeing all the growth in mobile. What are your thoughts on that? So our, our approach is a little bit different. We're, we're not targeting up specific platform and trying to find content for it. What we're doing is we're trying to build quality games for the female market wherever they're gaming. So it's a bit of a different approach. Like we consider the female market in a number of different segments. And so, you know, for example, this is a teen game. So the question for us is then how do we reach teen girls? Not which platform is the most likely to make money for us. It's it's kind of a different approach that we're taking. And you know, there are a lot of companies. You know, if you think about even the casual gaming revolution, it is driven by. Um, fulfilling the needs of uh, female gamers. So why do you feel there's a need for another company? Um, and why, why differentiate it according to, okay, this is just for women, versus um, just saying these are just casual games? So there's a lot of stuff I want to say about that. Um, first of all, um, a lot of the games that are being delivered to women and girls are really poor quality games. And they're a real superficial guess at what women and girls want. And sometimes they're hitting it and lots of times they're not. So I don't consider a Mafia game that's been rewrapped as a sorority game in two weeks by a group of ten dudes to be delivering high quality content for women. You know, they might make a few bucks off it because they made it pink and the girls have blonde hair and some chicks will connect with that very superficially, but that's not high quality content in my opinion. And, uh, and you know, I, it makes me sad that that's what we're being offered, right? So when you think about like the last 25 years of game development, like I've, I've been, a, I'm 44 and I've been a gamer since I was 11. So I've played a lot of games. And um, you know, when I was 11 or 12 or 13, I lived in the arcade and I played Asteroids and you know Galaxia and you know I, I had great games to play that I loved and spent all my quarters there. And what my daughter gets is It Girl and Sorority Life. And I just feel really bummed about that. But, but those are really popular games, too. I mean, to be fair, if you look at Top Girl on uh, iPhone, you know, it's one of the top revenue producers. So is that what the audience wants? Well, I, you know, it's a fair question. And it, would they make other choices if there were better quality other content games available for them? Or would they play that as well, you know? So I, I just feel like we're only scratching the surface and we're doing it really superficially. And some of it's fun. I mean, I, I play it, you know, but, it, but lightly. It's not, to me, it's not, it's not a true deep game connection, right? And, and we want a true deep game connection. But this is the, kind of the same story behind edutainment games where people are like, you know, this is what kids should play. But those were the games that never actually worked compared to what people wanted to play. I mean, this could be the same issue with uh, women gamers where it's like, you know, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it could be. I mean, th that's what we're experimenting with. So, so let me back up a little bit and, and talk about what we're trying to do. So we, my partner and I, Kirsten Forbes, she's been in the industry for like 13 years and was executive director 
at Radical and, you know, worked on the Crash Bandicoot series and Simpsons Road Rage and all that stuff. So she's got lots of experience. And what we did is we came together and we spent the first six months of our company just reading about how women and men game differently, how we take our entertainment differently, and the kinds of stuff that kind of turns us on differently in terms of content, right? And um, what we're trying to do is we're not trying to just iterate on what games have already been made. We're trying to figure out unique game mechanics that work for women. So I'll give you an example, some research, right? So there's, there's research um, that we came upon that shows that women have um, a great aptitude to find objects in a cluttered environment. There's actual research that shows that there is a biological ability in women to do that. I laughed my ass off because I've got, you know, 18 and 20 year old sons and a husband who open the fridge and go, where is the mustard? And I'm sitting at the dining room table and I can see it from 20 feet away. That's biological. Like, we don't make this shit up. That is biological. And lo and behold, you take a look at Big Fish and their hidden object games are huge with women. But how many dudes do you know that really groove on hidden object games? Not that many. Right? So some of this stuff is real. It's based in real research. This is actual science. And what we're trying to do is understand that so that we can figure out what those mechanics are. We know some of them. Hidden objects is one. There's others. You know, there's research that shows that women do much better when they're shooting an object. If the object is still, men are way better at moving objects. Interesting. Women connect less with first-person shooters. We're also less into violence. It doesn't turn us on as much. Also really into cooperative gameplay. We know all this stuff. So that stuff's kind of out there. What we're trying to find is some of the stuff that maybe we haven't explored as much yet that would make really good game mechanics. So, so talking about a deeper connection than just, hey, it's a fancy outfit or, oh, look, it's a pony. We're looking for something. It's about the mechanic. That's what we're trying to find. Will we find it? Will we deliver that? I don't know. But it's cool to try, right? And we're having a really good time trying to figure that out. Um, you know, are there any other, I guess, game design principles or um, suggestions you have for, for developers who would target women? Yeah, hire more women. Okay. And yeah, so for the women indie game developers, are there any, um, I guess, mechanics that are publicly known that you can share that maybe we can keep in mind as we develop? Yeah, this this stuff is all out there. You know, I think that stuff. Well, is I didn't know about the hidden, you know, hidden hidden game object. I mean, I the the book I did read was about um, tutorials um, for women versus men. You know, how women wanted like guided tutorials versus yeah. men that just wanted to play around. That's the only really. That's the only stuff that I've read. I mean, okay. I didn't know that there was a ton of this other stuff. But are those like in? I mean, what kind of research journals are those in? I, I'm not sure if they're in game gaming journals. It, it took a lot of digging to find that, and we built what we call our women's game bible. But really, that's for us. That's kind of the secret sauce. We're super protective about it. So. Yeah, and what I was going to also ask is, I mean, what about this romance novel thing, where you hear, you know, about this huge market uh, in the reading space for ro romance novels? Is that something that you're tackling, or do you feel that's um, kind of insulting to women gamers? Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't kind of go into that insulting place as much. Like, I, I think. Everybody should play whatever makes them happy, right? I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I think it's bad that, you know, we have Bayonetta. I think if women are grooving on Bayonetta, they should play that. And I think if women are into romance novels, they should play it. And I think if guys are into romance novels, they should do it. I'm, I'm not saying there's anything we need less of. I'm saying what, there's stuff that we need more of. And we need more high-quality content for women that's based on stuff that they're into. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm not really on the more critical side. I'm more on that we need more choices. We need a lot more choices. If you're a guy and you're gaming, you've got lots of different things that you can do. But for women, it's it's really it's really limited because we're kind of just scratching the surface right now. And you know, there's there's some games that have just fascinated me that we've kind of stumbled upon that are that really connected with women. Like I'll give you an example. Um, when I was first thinking about starting this company, I was building MLB games with a company called Deep Fried Entertainment, and I got super addicted to Portal, really addicted to Portal. And a whole bunch of women that I knew got really addicted to Portal. And um, I couldn't really figure that out, because it's not my kind of game. I'm kind of a Nintendo gamer, mostly. And then I heard that Kim Swift was one of the designers on Portal, and I thought, isn't that interesting? And I went back and looked at a number of different core titles that I'd really gotten into over the years, and all of them had at least one female game designer on it. So I don't have, I can't tell you what the specific design feature of Portal was that worked for me, but I know that the fact that there was a woman on it impacted me. I really believe that that's true. So trying to build female-based design teams to deliver content for women, we might not totally understand what that exact connection is, but I think we kind of know it when we see it or feel it. So we're playing with that as well. So I think it's really important to involve more women on design teams. and. Um, I, I'm also just really keen on getting more women in the industry generally, you know. I mean, if we want to serve a broader community, we've got to be a broader community. It's not, this isn't rocket science. Um, you know, for, in terms of game design, are you looking at, uh, you know, you talk about cooperative play. Um, I guess, are your upcoming games going to be more social? Um, can you talk about anything about your upcoming games? Yeah, well, we have a, a lot of different games that we're kind of, um, shooting around the studio right now, we're negotiating with Microsoft on a possible Connect title, which we'd be really into. Um, you know, there's a Facebook game that we've designed that we're kind of playing with. We're not sure which one we're going to pull the strings on. It really depends kind of what the funding model is. But I can tell you that in terms of co-op, you know, there's a lot of research that supports women and girls really want to play cooperatively. And if there is an opportunity, you know, for them to go on a quest and they can take a friend with them, they're very more likely to play your game than if they have to go on the quest on their own which is um, often different than a choice a guy might make. So um, that's really important in, in game design. It's hard to deliver on some of the systems, and you know there's technical limitations. You can't always do exactly what you want. So, but certainly we understand that as objective, yeah. And um, any other suggestions then for um, small game developers that are looking to target um, the women demographic, or even um, figuring out ways to design games to target you know, I, I think it's an amazing time to be in the game space. You know, the first game that I built, you know, our, our budget was 2.5 million and it was a small game, uh, you know, a PSP game. And, and now we're building games where, you know, the budgets are just way more reasonable than that. So you can afford to experiment a bit and I think it's really neat to experiment. Um, something that we're really into is doing some crowdsourcing and we've been working with various high schools and we've got groups of kids that test our games like crazy before they come to market and after. And I think it's a, that's awesome, you know, it's a great time just to really collaborate with your consumer and, and hear their feedback and build it in and, and have this more collaborative gaming process. Crowdsourcing is phenomenal. So I, I would encourage people to kind of play with that and look at that, particularly if you're interested in, like for us, building a teen game. You know, it's been a long time since I've been a teenager. I have teenagers and I've researched teenagers, but it's way more um, impactful to put your game in the hands of 100 teenagers than, than to guess. So I think that's a really neat thing that comes with the way that the space has evolved. So 
love that. And you mentioned that your title is both for iPhone and Android. I mean, where do you feel that's going? Do you feel Android's going to overtake iPhone? Um, where do you feel the mobile space is going? So it totally depends on whether you're talking internationally or North American market. For me, interne- we're interested in an international um, place. So for us, Android is really important. Although um, I think selling you know, a premium product uh, on Android is not the way to go. I mean, obviously, looking at a freemium model is really important. Um, so we're actually pulling our game back off of Android, and we're going to be re-releasing it as a freemium product. Um, our sales on Android have been about 2% or less than our sales on Apple. They were released same day. So, um, you know, great reviews on Android, lots of people interested, but just a really different model because the iTunes store, you know, is so painless to, to purchase product from, whereas Android, the marketplace is, is not as seamless. So, And, of course, there aren't gift cards for Android, which is really problematic. So. Um, you know, the opportunity to have the, have the charge show up on your bill, on your phone bill, I think is going to be, is really going to open that market up broadly. So that's great. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, very bullish on Android. Um, you know, you talked about international markets. Um, you know, how is the female gamer different in other countries versus the U.S.? I mean, that's, even, even people recognize that the cultural differences in the other countries is just, or does that even matter? I mean, do you feel that your game mechanics can cut across all that? Yeah, geez, you know, I, I wish I knew this stuff, and I really don't. I mean, we're, we're exploring and experimenting, and, you know, I can tell you that, you know, there's so much interest in what we're doing in our studio from other companies in Germany, and we have a lot of women followers in Germany, but are they going to connect with our game? I don't know, you know. I think places like Sweden and, you know, um, Western countries that have a very similar sensibility. It's UK, for example, is one of our strong markets, and Australia is a very strong market for us. I think I think those are safer plays. But will someone in India or Singapore um, have interest in my game when one of my characters comes out and reveals that he's gay? You know, I don't know how that's going to be. You know, um, how's that going to work for the girl who bought my game in Yemen yesterday, for example? You know, so um, you know, some of this we're just going to learn as we go. We we are localizing School 26 to be released in the Japanese market. Japan is so fascinating to me, and I think most people in the game space, I've had the pleasure to go to the Tokyo Game Show, and I've got great relationships there, so, um, you know, I certainly won't be the first developer to kind of drown herself trying to get her game into Japan, but we are going to try that, largely because of the success of... Um, of dating games in Japan, it's a really girls are serious gamers in Japan. So if we can figure out, you know, how to translate our game over and make it relevant to them, that would be fabulous for us. Um, but I understand it's a massive risk to try to do that, but we're going to do it anyhow. And you know, how do you? So you you look at games like Top Girl. Um, does that cause your studio to reconsider the approach or the strategy to actually, um, you know, fulfill your mission, where you actually do start with these kind of lightweight? interactive games that you know you may not be in favor of but at least they give visibility they give you exposure they give you funding that you can use to um, promote you know the future mission yeah I'm probably more likely to make a shooter game than I am to make a top girl game personally I I just it's just not me I'd have a really hard time I would feel like I'm selling out you know so um, yeah well you know that's that's a good question how do you balance that how do you balance the need for funding versus you know your mission and also your like you said, you're doing research. You have there's a lot of experimentation you need to do. You don't have all the answers now, so how are you going to buy the time to do that? Well, it's a really great question. I mean, I haven't paid myself. Kirsten and I haven't drawn a salary for you know 18 months. So, um, you know, as long as we're able to pay 
our staff, we're not closing our doors, but it, you know, it is tough and, and we have had opportunities to make money that weren't right for us, you know. So, um, you know, we will either succeed and keep our brand intact or we will fail and we will keep our brand intact, but we won't negotiate on what the brand is. Well, what steps are you doing to experiment with some of these other new gameplay ideas that you feel can um, satisfy the female gamer? So our first game, one of the things we really experiment with is um, what are teenage girls into? And we did a lot of research into that. And what, what we found out was they're really into social machinations. You know, we think of it as social engineering, right? Figuring out relationships. It's all about that at high school. It's testing it. It's, you know, manipulating it. It's all about that. So our first game, we created a mechanic that's based on empathy. So really different, pardon me, different kind of mechanic than you've seen in other games. And for the most part, it worked pretty well. And in the second game, again, you know, for 12 to 16 year old girls, looking at that, that real social mechanic aspect, this, in the second game, the primary currency in the game is secrets and sharing information and sharing it either to do good or do evil. You know, you have to make that decision um, whether you want to enhance relationships through sharing the secret with someone who can help that person in their objective or whether you share it with people more broadly and upset that person and hurt your relationship with them. So. We are playing with, um, you know, seeing if those work, and, and if they do work, will we use them in other games, and, and does it feel authentic for the teenage audience that we're serving? And in our Facebook game, um, you know, again, a very different mechanic that we're exploring that's really designed for kind of women my age, mid-40s. So um, it's all about experimentation, bringing it to market, and, uh, and testing. And do any of those games have multiplayer aspects to um you know, bring in the, the cooperative aspect. Here. The Facebook game does, yeah. If we bring it to market, we'll see that. And, um, you know, what's been the response then with the actual playing with other people versus um, the individual games? Yeah, so that one hasn't come to market yet, so oh, I can't okay. really see Okay, my so. mistake. No, no, that's fine. Um, cool. So where can listeners um, find out more information about the games, maybe play them? Yeah, so um, you can check out our website, which is www.siliconsisters.ca. So that's silicon with no E. Think about fast computers, not Pamela Anderson. Uh, and it's .ca instead of .com. And then we're also on Facebook. Uh, you could check out School 26 on Facebook or School 26 Summer of Secrets. Thank you very much.